Sony and their latest console reached new milestones in record time, and Microsoft released their latest earnings report, proving that Xbox will not go silently into the night and is making records of its own this generation. Let's take a closer look this week on the Video Games Podcast. Despite the scarcity, Sony's latest console, the PlayStation 5, has once again passed another milestone in record time. The next generation PlayStation 5 has now sold over 10 million units, despite people claiming that they can't find one. I'm curious if the PlayStation 5 would have better sales if the supply was able to keep up with the demand, or if the system is selling ultra fast because of the limited availability and people who wouldn't normally buy one are taking a flyer on the system due to its nature. Either way, the PlayStation 5 has now become the fastest selling Sony console, hitting 10 million units from the release on November 12, 2020, up until July 18, 2021. This means that in just over eight months, the company has sold 10 million units globally and at a rate of about 1.25 million units per month. And with a little simple math based on how long the PlayStation 4 was on the market until the launch of the PlayStation 5 is eight years, give or take a few days or 96 months. And if Sony continues to sell at a rate of 1.25 million units per month for that long, then we are looking at 120 million units. This means that as of the last update, it would put it above total PlayStation 4 sales, which are somewhere around 115 million units. The previous record for a Sony console can be found with a quick Google search and seeing a post on the official PlayStation blog in 2014 about the success of the PlayStation 4. The PlayStation 4 sold 10 million units and 30 million PlayStation 4 games in around nine months, which is about a month longer. While Sony didn't disclose selling over 30 million games this time around, they did share some specifics on software. Obviously, Sony wanted to highlight the performance of PlayStation Studios titles, with Spider-Man Miles Morales selling more than 6.5 million copies, MLB The Show 21 selling more than 2 million copies with over 4 million players, and it doesn't say how many of these copies were sold on the Xbox or the PlayStation, but at least 2 million of those users are on Game Pass because there is no other explanation for how you can have double the amount of users compared to the copies sold. Then there was some data interesting for two reasons. One, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, a highly touted exclusive from Insomniac, has sold 1.1 million copies in just over a month of availability. And easily, you can see that this not only is very impressive on its own, it's also very impressive for a system that has sold only 10 million units, meaning that 10% of PlayStation 5 owners bought the next-gen Ratchet experience. The other data that was a little disappointing for me was now the first-party studio, Housemark, and their very impressive time loop roguelike Returnal has only managed to sell around 560,000 copies since its release on April 30th. And I was hoping that with the critical success and the positive word of mouth, Returnal would have been able to sell more copies. Although there is plenty of silver lining with this sales figure first, 
This has to be the best-selling housemark title to date, especially considering that it was full next-gen price. And second, Sony is obviously impressed with this sales figure as they acquired the independent studio post-release. Finally, over half a million copies is still a pretty great feat when compared to the total system sold, meaning that around 5% of PlayStation 5 owners purchased Returnal in just over two months. And hopefully, with some sales and some new gamers joining the ecosystem, Returnal will have a long tail. Jim Ryan also tried to assure fans that they are doing their best, and he said, while PlayStation 5 has reached more households faster than any of our previous consoles, we still have a lot of work ahead of us as demand for PlayStation 5 continues to outstrip supply. And I want gamers to know that while we continue to face unique challenges throughout the world that affect our industry and many others, improving inventory levels remains a top priority for SIE. If you haven't been able to get your hands on a PlayStation 5 just yet, time will come as we have seen this play out time and time again over the years from the launch of every PlayStation system, the Nintendo Wii, Nintendo Classic Mini Consoles, and many others over history. Eventually, supply catches up with demand and scalpers have less of a guaranteed product on their hands and they will move on to the next hot ticket item that they can find. It also becomes a domino effect as inventory levels get raised and then all of a sudden all of these scalpers aren't buying the systems anymore, meaning that you can find a PlayStation 5 as easy as walking into any store or logging onto Amazon. Here at VideoGames.com, we took a more data-oriented approach on the best time to buy a next-gen console, and it turns out that when looking at many factors, the best time is 17.5 months. Inventory levels are high, sales or good bundles start to happen, studios are learning how to harness more power from the next-generation system, you're still getting a lot of value from your purchase for years to come, and there is plenty of content. Content on the PlayStation 5, including the sequel to God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Deathloop, and Gran Turismo 7, just to name a few, and all titles which should be available either by or releasing around the 17.5 month mark. If you're interested in how we arrived at 17.5 months, I will post a link in the description for the article which breaks down all of the data that we sifted through, and if you're still looking for a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X, then your best time to purchase one looks to be around April 2022. Speaking of Xbox, this week Microsoft revealed their Q4 fiscal year 2021 earnings, and obviously there is a lot to a Microsoft earnings report, including Windows products, Azure cloud-based products, and search advertising revenue which by the way was up 737 million just this quarter but what we are going to try to drill into and examine is the gaming related data and overall it seems good with a few minor blemishes but nothing of major concern for starters, overall gaming revenue increased 357 million or 11% driven by Xbox hardware as you would expect with the launch of two new consoles. And diving a little deeper, we can see that Xbox hardware revenue saw an increase of 172%, which is obviously in large part due to the two new consoles that Microsoft now has to offer at their much higher price points than the Xbox One. The minor blemish is that the Xbox content and revenue decreased 128 million or 4%, which isn't that much, but these are not the numbers that you want to see when Xbox and their major plan for future based is around the service known as Game Pass. However, Microsoft did go on to explain that the reason for the drop in content and services 
was due to a decline in third-party sales as well as being compared to a year that saw the start of the pandemic when many people were staying at home and rekindling their love of gaming. The good news is that Microsoft did state that this decline was largely offset from the success and growth of Game Pass and specifically first-party titles. Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO, had a few words to add in the earnings call afterwards, including that the Xbox Series X and S are now the company's fastest-selling consoles ever, with more consoles sold life-to-date than any previous generation. And in a similar boat to Sony, Nadella stated that the demand for the new consoles continues to exceed supply. As has now been the standard since the early days of the Xbox One, Microsoft no longer shares concrete sales figures as it serves no purpose for the company. Microsoft can still be extremely profitable and successful being in second place console, especially with the services such as Game Pass that they now offer. Well-known games industry analyst Daniel Ahmad took to Twitter with the assumption that sales for Microsoft's latest generation of Xbox is somewhere around 6.5 million, which is up from the 5.7 million for the Xbox One and the 5 million for the Xbox 360. Microsoft might also be gaining momentum as in the NPD report for June, Xbox was the best-selling console in terms of dollar sales, which is a great sign for the company. Using the same calculations in estimating where the PlayStation 5 sales figures might end up if they continued on the same trajectory, we can estimate where the Xbox might end up moving on this continued path. And assuming that the lifespan of the consoles remains the same, then it will be around 96 months from the launch before the next iteration releases. And Xbox is currently selling around 812,000 consoles monthly, which works out to around 78 million consoles sold. Putting that number into perspective, Microsoft's best-selling system to date has been the Xbox 360, which sold around 84 million. The Xbox One has an estimated sales of around 51 million, and the original Xbox only sold around 24 million, which is still respectable for a debut console. You also have to assume that once supply chain issues are cleared up and supply is able to match demand, sales can improve. This doesn't even factor how much more appealing Game Pass will be when there are more first-party titles available, including the upcoming Halo Infinite, which is going to be free-to-play, which will likely sell a lot of systems, as well as many of the future Bethesda titles, which will likely be Xbox exclusive. Xbox has been on this path for a while, but taking all of the lessons that the company has learned during the last generation, there is a very strong chance that this generation becomes the highest selling for the company to date. Xbox One also got off to a better start than the Xbox 360, which does mean that nothing is guaranteed, but how it looks from the outside, Microsoft is going to be in good shape. That's all for the Video Games Podcast this week. If you enjoyed the show, then consider subscribing if you haven't already. And as always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. 